Hey guys, welcome to Holistically You. I'm your host, Amanda, and I'll be here to share my nice and sometimes not so nice human experiences. Let's get comfortable sharing our ups, downs, and everything in between and continue to make meaning out of the parts that make us whole. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Holistically You. I'm your host, Amanda, and it's been a minute. Um, As you all know, I am now doing bi-weekly episodes instead of weekly episodes to ensure that I am not um, putting too much on my plate and making sure that I'm living in balance and alignment, which is, of course, everything that I love to talk about on this podcast. And um, I hope you're all doing super well. October is proving to be quite an interesting month. And I think in a couple of episodes from now, I want to talk about some different shifts and different things that are happening. But of course, as the seasons change, at least here where I'm from, lots of things change and maybe we want to get into some new habits, routines, and healthier habits. And I'm very excited today to have um, an amazing guest on Holistically You. We originally met through a company that we both work with and teach with. And um, now, and we'll talk about this later on in the episode, but we also see each other once a month, you know, if nothing else is happening over Zoom um, and uh, on the full moon. And we do this brilliant healing circle that we will definitely come back to at the end of the episode. So without further ado, I would love to introduce Niaz. Niaz, how are you? I'm great. How are you? (laughs) Oh, good. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Um, We are are not Niaz and I are not in the same um, in the same place. Where are you coming to us from today? I am just outside of Los Angeles in California. Amazing. So always yeah. lived there, by the way. Am I always here? Have you always lived there? Oh yes, I have. But I lived in New York for about five years when I was in my early twenties. But otherwise, I've been out in LA for most of my life. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I felt like you were a, a fellow Montrealer, but I'm so awful. I love that. No, I have yet to come visit too, but hopefully, hopefully very soon. I would love to visit Montreal. Yes, 100%. So <laughs> I'm very excited to have you here with us today. And um, as I do with all my guests uh, at the beginning of our podcast episode, I ask you to share three things around three things. It doesn't have to be three, um, but that make you whole. Go ahead and share some of those with us. Okay. The first one is definitely quiet mornings. I am an early bird. So I usually am up around like 545, six. Um, and usually no one is awake around that time, at least not in my world. (laughs) Um, my phone is on airplane mode until like probably seven or eight o'clock in the morning. So that first like hour, hour and a half in the morning that I have to myself is just creme de la creme. Um, so morning, quiet mornings are definitely something that keep me whole and keep me really grounded. Um, the second thing would be being in nature. I start my mornings every morning with a walk in my neighborhood and I take my dog out for a walk. So I kind of marry the two of them together, but I can't go without at least doing a walk once a day. 
um, and even going for hikes or going down to the beach, which I'm really grateful that I live so close to mountains and the beach. Um, I can do either one. So being in nature is definitely something else. And then the third, I was thinking about the third and I'm like, you know, the third has to be laughter. I love belly laughs, like more than anything in this world. Um, and I love having a really good belly laugh amongst people that, you know, I love to be around. So laughter definitely is something that keeps me and makes me whole. I love, I love that. It's funny mm-hmm. how you mentioned the the quiet in the morning. So mm-hmm. just this morning, actually, I woke up and I, usually as I'm doing my makeup before work, so I get up around the same time. I go to work super early though. Okay. Um, and so I, I have usually 10 minutes to journal in the morning, realistically speaking. And then <laughs> I got to like kick myself into gear and get out of the house, you know? But I was sitting down and doing my makeup this morning and I I went to go start a podcast to just listen as I was. And I was like, you know what? I want complete silence right now. Mm. Just, I was like craving that quiet time for myself. And I'm finding that my days or I'm so much more, not even just productive, but more at peace when I start my day when I have those moments to myself in the morning. So it's funny that you bring that up. You know, it's... It like, it, it makes all the difference in the world. It does. I feel like throughout the day, we're already being, you know, thrown different stimulants, whether it's emails or calls or text messages or social media. And like, I'm constantly stimulated all day long. So if I can just bookend my days where it's, I don't listen to anything. Like you said, like some, some days I love listening to music or podcasts while I'm getting ready or even while I'm winding down at night. But other days I'm like, I just don't want to hear anything right now. I just want silence. Um, and so those quiet mornings definitely offer that to me, even if it is for, you know, a few moments, I, I really, really soak those moments in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, what, and what a great way to start your day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> love it. Love it. And uh, Nias, can you tell us a little bit about what you do uh, and what your, you know, what your journey has been? So um, yeah. kind of what you do in life and what has inspired you to get to where you are today? Yes, of course. I'll give you the short, short stories. Otherwise, we'll be here for an hour or an extra hour. <laughs> Um, but I, as a profession, I'm a holistic nutritionist. I'm also a yoga teacher, um, but my day-to-day is uh, working in nutrition. So I work with clients who either have, have anything from chronic illness to autoimmunity to hormone imbalances, and I help them seek uh, healing and remedies through natural holistic uh, rituals, be it food or be it just like your lifestyle habits and your sleep and your stress management. So that's what I do in my day-to-day. Um, I also do teach yoga. I teach both privately uh, through Zoom and also in person. And I also teach in studio as well, which is something that I really love. And it's a really nice way to like mix up and change up my routine day-to-day. Um, but the short story, the long short story of how I kind of got to this place is I myself was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease when I was 19. Mm. And um, at the time, I didn't understand what autoimmunity was. I didn't understand chronic illness. I had no idea what my body was kind of going through. I was really just kind of handicapped at the different symptoms that I was experiencing. And I also just didn't know where to turn to and who to turn to, to seek support and also to seek help in a way that would make the most sense for me and for my lifestyle. So I kind of, I went through this like really long journey of trying to figure out what would make the most sense um, and what kind of remedies or, you know, treatments would make the most sense for me that could help to remedy a lot of the symptoms that I was experiencing. 
And um, nutrition and food happened to be one of the foremost things that I paid attention to because it's something that, you know, I do three to five times a day. I eat something. Um, So I figured something that I'm probably putting into my body may or may not be beneficial. So maybe I should take a look at food and nutrition and see how food is medicine and how food can really heal me. Um, So once I started paying more attention to my nutrition and to food, And I noticed how much better I was feeling. And I noticed that my medication dosage had dropped to like more than half. I, I realized at that moment, like, whoa, okay, something here is working. This is really incredible. Do a lot of people know about this? I feel like people don't talk about food and nutrition that often. And so at that moment, a little seed kind of had planted that, I would later come back two years later and sort of, you know, look into it and actually take it more seriously. So for years, I was always just known as like the the girl who was very passionate about food and about nutrition and about health and taking care of herself. But I never entertained the topic of actually going to school for it and doing it as my full-time job until about, um, I want to say like five or six years ago, it was that I started to have more conversations with people. And I had friends asking like, why don't you just go study it? Why don't you just go back to school? And I was like, no, I could never do that. Like I could never go back to school and study all of this. Like (laughs) I didn't take any science classes. My undergrad is in marketing. So I was like, I took solely business classes. Like I'm not that person to take biology and chemistry. Um, But then I think over time, having the conversation over and over with so many different people, the sea just kind of like came to surface. And I'm like, you know what? Like I'll just do it. I'll just try a couple of classes and see if it makes sense. And so I started doing night classes. I started doing weekend classes. And then little by little, my full-time job was becoming a part-time job because I was in class most of the week. Um, and then it was then that I'm like, no, actually, this is something that I really love. And I think I want to like take this and run with it. Amazing. So I left my nine to five and then I started doing this practice full-time. Amazing. And <laughs> so there's, I'll have a couple of questions here as yeah. I'm listening to you. So so this seed was planted then at a relatively young age, like I would say in mm-hmm. your 20s, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And what were some of the symptoms that you were experiencing? You know, as you said, you were 19, you started to really experience these symptoms. What were mm-hmm. those? Yeah. So it's funny because, you know, at 19, the symptoms that I was experiencing, I really kind of categorized them as me just being a hormonal teenager. I right. really didn't assume that they were something to actually be taken more seriously. Um, but one of the ma- biggest symptoms that I was experiencing for years, especially up until that point was anxiety, like very, very debilitating anxiety. But I started operating on that sort of uh, rhythmic anxiety for years. And I really normalized that like, this is just how I am. I'm known as a hyperactive, nervous, anxious person. And this is just my personality type. So that was definitely one of the bigger symptoms looking back now that like, that was definitely something to pay attention to, but physically symptoms that I was experiencing, um, excessive sweating, jittering of the hands, hair loss, really brittle nails. My skin was really dry. Um, my weight generally with the autoimmune disease that I have, the weight tends to drop, but my weight just wasn't moving at all. And I was actually swelling up cause I had so much inflammation. So I was just very puffy. Yeah. Um, I had really bad trouble sleeping. I had like horrible insomnia for a long time. Um, but again, like I really just didn't take it seriously. I didn't think that it was anything to be, you know, to look into. And I just went in for a routine blood test and they happened to check my thyroid panel. So I have a thyroid autoimmune disease. And, um, it was then that the doctor, my general doctor at the time called me back and he's like, your thyroid levels are really elevated. And I think you need to go see an endocrinologist. And so long story long, went to see an endocrinologist. And then it was at that point that I was given the diagnosis and then everything kind of the puzzle pieces started to come together and make a lot more sense. 
Absolutely. Because yeah. if you, I mean, I know that we don't know each other that well, but if you were to tell me like hyperactive, anxious and all these, I would, that, that's not what I attached to. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I've done a lot of work on that. <laughs> like, just even when, you know, when we're working together or, you know, uh, on the zoom calls that we have been on, like, I feel like, you know, you are grounded and, and really mm. uh, uh, like aligned. And I'm sure that that's, but because you, you found your niche, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. I appreciate oh, yeah. it. No, that's, that's, that's a, that's a hell of a journey and, uh, not easy to do also. So you were in your twenties, like it's not young per se, but I mean, it's not like you said, it's in our younger years, we don't necessarily tend to look inwards or focus on mm-hmm. the things that are occurring to us because there's so much happening on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so uh, what was that process like for you? Like, did you have a lot of support from your parents? Um, you know, were you were you able to get connected with people who were really able to point you in the right direction and help you out? Because that can be tough. Totally. And I think it's, I'm glad you brought this up because it's one of the things that anytime I'm even now somebody, you know, messages me on Instagram or sends me an email and they're just newly diagnosed and they tell me, or they ask me like, what should I be doing? First thing I'm like, I need you to know that you need, you need to find a support system. Number one, because that's, what's going to actually help you and encourage you to stick to this and to focus on yourself because it's so easy to feel really alone and trapped in your diagnosis. And you know, when you're given a diagnosis of autoimmunity, you're told by doctors, autoimmune is essentially your body attacking itself. So when you're given that kind of language, it doesn't sit really well with you. You're like, my body's attacking itself. Like that just already sounds so like icky and my body doesn't feel comfortable even hearing those words. So having a support system is so, so, so important. And I'm really grateful that I did have the support of my family, my parents, my sibling, um, my friends, my close friends that I, you know, told that I try to explain as best as I could, what was kind of going on for me. Um, But I usually, you know, I talk about my journey in kind of two parts. The first part of it was more or less taming and addressing a lot of the physical symptoms that I was experiencing because we needed to, we needed to put the fire out so we can actually focus on what was the root cause or the root issue of why I even manifested this disease in the first place. And it wasn't until, you know, five or six years down the line that I then started to learn more about like energy medicine and then, you know, paying attention to emotional health and mental health and actually working through a lot of my anxiety and um, started to meditate and take up yoga. So it was then that I started to really focus on that inward transformation. Once the fire was kind of put out, then I could actually see things more clearly. Um, But it, it took me, yeah, it took me a long time because at the time when I was diagnosed, we didn't have Instagram. I don't, I don't think we had Instagram like 11 years ago. Maybe it wasn't, you know, mainstream, but I think we only had like Facebook at the time, but no one was really using it. Um, so nobody was talking or sharing information like they do now. I mean, I feel like now if you're diagnosed with something, or if you're looking for something, you just look up the hashtag and like, there you go. You have a ton of information, you know, at your face, but I didn't have that at my disposal. So it was really like, more or less me turning to Google and asking doctors and asking another doctor and a third opinion and a fourth opinion. I mean, it was exhausting, um, but I wouldn't change it for the world because I learned so much. And I learned also how to really mainstream and like condense that experience so that when I'm helping people who come to me now who are given a diagnosis, I can put them in a direction that is really gentle and it's slow paced and it's reputable and it's giving you the amount of information that you can take in at a single time and not feel bombarded by all of the noise that's kind of going around right now. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's so, 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 so important. I think with anything that we undergo, that support system is like everything, like yeah. everything. And so uh, I'm curious. So holistic nutritionist. So mm-hmm. I have, you know, um, it's, well, my, my podcast is called Whole it holistically <laughs> you. I love so it. Definitely healing from the inside out is yeah. my passion. Um, a lot of people, we obviously know there are nutritionists, dietitians. What is the difference between a holistic nutritionist? So what you do versus like the kind of like, um, I don't want to say mainstream, but the, but the more, uh, known, like the dietitians and the nutritionists, yeah. like, you know, cause, the, cause those are the ones that we've known about for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have this notion of holistic wellness and holistic healing. So what's the difference between something that you would do versus something that say a regular dietitian or nutritionist would do? Yeah. I love this question. So first thing, the biggest difference between the, the nutritionist and a dietitian is the amount of schooling that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so to become a dietitian, you have to have a master's degree, at least here in the United States, you do. I don't know how it is in Canada, but in the United States, you have to have a master's degree um, and then do clinical for a number of years. It's like internship type of work. You have to do a certain number of hundred some hours of actually working in clinical setting before you can then become a board certified. Then you have to take your board's exam and then you become a dietitian. So it's a longer journey. It's more schooling. It's obviously more money that you're spending for the schooling. I almost went that direction. I actually did apply for my master's and then I decided not to do it anymore because I didn't want to do the clinical route of it. I didn't want to work in a hospital. Um, That was just not my that it was not my direction. I have so much respect for dietitians and I have my own dietitian that I do, you know, see from time to time. And I, she's changed my life so much. Um, nutritionists are the difference again, is just not as much schooling, but a holistic nutritionist, they're the type of nutritionists that are specialized in addressing a patient or helping a patient heal using the most natural remedies as possible, whether that be from food or from products or from supplementation that is really natural herbal medicine, things of the sort, instead of more or less conventional medical treatment. So when I'm working with somebody, I pay attention to not just the physical symptoms and their food, but I also want to know like, how's your mind? How's your heart? How's your soul? Like, are you taking care of yourself? And so we kind of, I piece apart somebody into different pieces. And then we address and heal each part of that person to then make up the entire whole person that's then being healed at the end of the day. So holistic nutrition is more or less just kind of takes the person apart into different, you know, parts of themselves, um, and then addressing and healing that person individually, uh, one piece at a time. I love that. And you must then see quite a, a strong link between, or correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, in terms of someone who perhaps is not, uh, nurturing their um, their mind, their spiritual side, um, their soul. Is there a direct kind of correlation between some physical symptoms, ailments, or things that are coming out, and you know those individuals who are not necessarily able to or actively nurturing the mind body soul connection? Is there a link? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I. The one of the bigger links or the ones that are more or less known is the gut mind connection or the mind gut connection. I mean, the easiest example that I can give you is when you're feeling anxious, where do you feel it in your body? Generally, you feel it in your stomach. You feel like stomach knots, butterflies, your stomach hurts. You might feel nauseous, you know, whatever the feelings might be. That's a physical sensation from an emotional reaction. So your body is already responding to you on a more visceral uh 
response before, like after the emotional has already kind of stemmed itself into your body. Um, I've had so many different patients or clients come to me who tell me about all these different physical ailments that they might have, be it gut problems or skin rashes or inability to sleep or whatever the case might be. And then once we kind of like sift through all that noise and I find out that it's a lot of like past trauma that they've held on to, um, or they're going through like a really tough time in their life, whether it's a job change or a divorce or a breakup or whatever. And then we kind of shift gears and focus more or less on that emotional mental piece of it. Their physical symptoms completely go away. And I have never even, I don't even touch it at that point. Like no supplement has been given to them. No, nothing's been given to them. All we did was pay attention to that emotional mental component. And they're like, Oh, my stomach doesn't hurt anymore. And I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cause the two of them are really interconnected. So I see it a lot. Yeah, no, definitely. So interesting. So mm-hmm. interesting. I, I feel like if we all just took a moment to kind of sit with ourselves, maybe we could, you know, uh, make those connections, but in the everyday life, we have to work at it. Yeah. Right. It's it, yeah. it's not to say it's a full time job, but I yeah. mean, ensuring our health, our well being, mind, body, soul, all of it. I mean, it's work. It is. It is. And, and it's I, yeah. Go ahead. It doesn't have to be like. I feel like. I feel like nowadays, maybe the, maybe it's getting better. I like to. Th- I'm I'm an optimist. I like to think it's getting better. But I feel like we're hearing so many different things that we all need to be, you need to meditate, you need to journal, you need to do this, you need to do that. It's like, you don't need to do any of it. You need to do what feels right for you and what can actually fit into your lifestyle the easiest. I don't, I, you know, if a patient comes to me or a client comes to me and they're telling me like, I hear meditation is really good for you, but like, I really don't have time to like sit for 20 minutes every day. I'm like, okay, do you have five minutes? Like, yeah, five minutes. I'm like, great, do five minutes. But I hear 20 minutes. I'm like, five minutes is perfect. Do five minutes every single day. You don't need to do 20 minutes, two, three times a day. That's okay. Define what works for you and make it work. If you're, if you're, you know, you're listening to this and you're like, I don't even know what I like to do to like calm myself down or like, you know, finding a way of being really mindful. The question that I ask is what brings you joy? Mm-hmm. What is it that you love to do that makes you really happy and joyful? Do that thing at least for like five, 10 minutes every single day, be it painting, listening to music, dancing, cooking, find whatever it is that like makes you really happy and lights you up and do a few minutes of it every single day. And that is a form of mindfulness and meditation. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it seems to be a thing like, am I doing this right? Like, right. I, I get that all the time. Like, you know, I, I had someone ask me the other day, they're like, so you journal every morning. And I'm like, listen, there are mornings like today when I'm up at 5.40 and I got to be at school for 7.30 that, no, I don't journal, but right. I do listen to my affirmations for three minutes <laughs> <laughs> before I wake up in the morning. So I literally, I'm not even kidding you, set my alarm three minutes earlier. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so that when I wake up, I can listen to my affirmations and then go on with my day. <laughs> beautiful but like you see you made it work for yourself it's like you know those three minutes I'm sure listening to that every day or whenever you do it makes such a huge difference for you it does yeah it does so let's dive into your journey uh Niaz um so the autoimmune disease that you were talking about um am I right in saying it's thyroid eye disease yes yes so that's the the second autoimmune disease that I was diagnosed with so the first one was Graves disease or hyperthyroid 
hypothyroidism. Okay. Generally, 50% of those who have Graves' disease, it's probably more at this point, like larger percentage at this point, but generally 50% of those with Graves' disease also become diagnosed with thyroid eye disease. Okay. Um, and it's a symptom of Graves' disease where the eyes protrude. It looks like you're staring or your eyes are kind of bulging out of your head. It's physically incredibly uncomfortable, um, but it's actually more emotionally uncomfortable than anything else. I went through a very, very tough, I could cry talking about it right now, but it's emotionally like the most challenging, painful thing I've ever been through in my life. Um, but physically it looks like someone is kind of staring or their eyes are sticking out of their head. A lot of dry eye itchiness, really bad sensitivity to light, uh, be it the sun or be it just like, you know, artificial light, um, trouble seeing vision can change a lot too. I had really bad trouble driving. I couldn't really drive at night because the lights were really debilitating for me. Um, and also just like physical pain, like it actually felt like weight was just sitting on my face all the time. So for a good two, three years, I had to sleep upright because the swelling was just so bad when I would sleep on my back that if sleeping upright actually helped my eyes feel even like 5% better. Um, it's a really, really tough, uh, autoimmunity. And my heart goes out to anybody who's you know dealing with it because I know how painful it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so uh, your thyroid now, I was actually speaking to my naturopath about this recently um, because she wanted to check my thyroid. And uh, did we? I may have to follow up on that one. <laughs> uh, follow up on that one. <laughs> um, but so a hyperactive and what's the opposite? Under? Hypo, hypoactive. Hypoactive. Right. Hyperactive. Mm -hmm. um, so you had a hyperactive thyroid. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that right? So Correct. what does that mean for you? So... Let's, let me actually explain the thyroid gland first in case anyone listening to this is yes, like, what is she talking about? Yeah, I'm um, learning too. I'm learning. Right. Okay. So the thyroid is a gland. It's right at the bottom of your neck, just above your collarbone. So you can actually feel it. You, if you touch your collarbone and go all the way to the center of your neck where there's like a little divot, if you press into that divot, you're pressing into your thyroid. It's like right there at the bottom of your throat. Um, but it's one of those endocrine glands that makes hormones. So it's part of the endocrine system, but it actually controls almost every cellular function in your entire body. So that's why the symptom list that I gave earlier, the ones that I was experiencing, it's such a vast list because it affects everything from your heart rate to your metabolism, to your reproductive health, your bone density, your digestive health, your brain development, like it affects everything. So it's a very, very sensitive hormone or a sensitive organ. And depending on if you have hyperthyroid, which is the one that I have where the thyroid is making too many uh, thyroid hormones and the body can't keep up with the amount that it's uh, you know, pushing out. That's why you experience things like the hand jittering, the anxiety, the hair loss, whereas the opposite end, which is hypothyroid, it's when the thyroid is not producing enough of the hormone or the thyroid is pumping out too much of the inactive form of the hormone and it's not converting into the active form of the hormone. So symptoms of hypo are generally the opposite where it's like weight gain, feeling really tired all the time and sluggish. Um, also hair loss, low sex drive, um, loss of hair on like the outer part of the eyebrow, cold hands and feet, because there's not a lot of circulation happening. So the symptoms can also cross pollinate across each other. Um, like I said, I was more or less experiencing like weight gain because I was swelling. I wasn't really experiencing weight loss, but generally it's like the opposite. end. so it's hyper versus hypo. Okay. Um, but I already forgot what your question was that you were asking. So what you were experiencing was, no, but you answered it was oh, okay. hyper. So you're producing too much and your mm -hmm. body essentially can't handle Keep it. Keep up. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, yeah. um, and, and the, 
So I didn't realize um, the thyroid. I know the importance of the thyroid, but like you were describing how it's, um, oh, what did you say? Something about the or the organs. It, it is it a fill? Is it a filter? Is it you know what what's going on over there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it is like it's you know how they say like the um, pineal gland is like your master gland. I feel like the thyroid is also part of a master gland because it it controls every single rate of all your cellular functions in your body. Hey, so the thyroid is like you know it's it's a really important one. And if it's off you know kilter, but whether it's hyper or hypo it's really something to pay attention to. It happens to be thyroid disease or thyroid disorder happens to be one of the most common hormonal disorders, especially amongst women. Women are five to eight times more likely to develop a thyroid disorder because of all the different hormone fluctuations that we go through, um, in our day-to-day and our month to month, as well as, you know, two, which is why it, it does affect reproductive health also. So Sometimes for those who have um, hypothyroid, for example, low thyroid, they tend to have really heavy periods. Mm. Those with hyperthyroid tend to lose their period or have like little to no bleeding or their cycles are really short. So it affects every single function of the body, which is fascinating and also terrifying (laughs) when you're given a diagnosis that addresses that, like tells you to start addressing every single function of your body because you want to make sure that nothing is being compromised due to the thyroid being either hyper or hyperactive. Right, right, right. And so, and so from your Graves disease to thyroid um, eye disease, Mm -hmm. what's the connection between those? Because you said, generally speaking, most people who experience Graves disease uh, will move in the direction of thyroid eye disease. What's Mm -hmm. What's the connection there? And is there any major connection also to the discomfort with the eyes? Yeah. So there are, um, receptors in the eyes that can be affected by hyper, by hyperactive thyroid or by Graves disease. So it's, it's very fascinating that the eyes also tend to be, um, compromised in those with Graves disease, but it's because of those receptors that are sitting in the back of the eye, um, physical symptoms. Yes. Because I was personally myself, I can speak from my own experience because of the physical pain and the pressure that I was feeling, it was most likely due to a really massive amount of inflammation that my body was holding on to, which inflammatory disease inflammation itself leads to a whole host of different diseases, be it autoimmunity or, um, chronic illness. Majority of like the root cause or the root reason for it is because there's excess inflammation in the body. So that physical symptom that is experienced with thyroid disease makes sense because of the excess inflammation that's being experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. So, Mm -hmm. so, um, regular thyroid checks are probably important. Yes, absolutely. Especially for women, but for men and women, absolutely. And, and, uh, I know cause I have some very little experience with it, but I know that, uh, one of my aunts experiences probably hyper, no hype. Not sure which way she goes, but I know that she definitely experiences a lot of swelling. Mm. Um, I know that uh, there was a lot of discomfort in terms of like uh, inflammation in her body, not being able to like even so much, so, so much swelling that like just reaching down to like do her shoes was an issue. Yeah. Right. And lots yeah. of inflammation to the point where her rings, she couldn't get her rings off. Oh gosh. You know? Yeah. Generally speaking, um, I, you know, I have a lot of family members, listen, a lot of the people that I fraternize with in my life, um, you know, some definitely really appreciate and respect and also, um, love to explore the holistic 
mm-hmm. path and route. Um, then I have some who stick to their guns in terms of doctors, medicine, et cetera, et cetera. The first thing that I remember that was told to her was, here, just take this pill. Yeah. Right? And so I know that medicine is probably, if you're going to a doctor, um, the, the first thing that they would prescribe. But in your opinion and in your experience also, uh, how can you maintain like optimal thyroid health in a holistic way? Mm-hmm. Um, before I answer that, I do want to say that you can't necessarily have one without the other. Like we need Eastern and Western medicine. And we, the, the whole point is to kind of marry the two of them together. Sometimes you need to take medicine and that's okay. Sometimes you need to take an antibiotic and that's okay. But also do the stuff that's more holistic, such as getting your sleep right and eating correctly. These things are not going to be talked about in a general doctor's office, not because they don't believe in it, um, but because you know, in medical school, they only, they don't take like more than one, it may be, they take one nutrition course and the entire duration that they're in medical school, at least here in the States, mm-hmm. um, which is mind blowing. And that's a whole different conversation about our education system. Um, but you know, you have to, you know, almost be an advocate for yourself about that. So I remember when I was first diagnosed and when I went to see an endocrinologist for my first time, the first thing that was thrown at me was like, well, we can give you medicine we can take the thyroid out or we can zap it with radioactive iodine. And I was like, hold on. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like I just sat down, like, hold on a second. I'm like, Zero I don't, 200. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't want to remove it. Like, I don't want to even entertain that conversation. I don't want to zap it with radioactive iodine. At the time, I didn't know that radioactive iodine can also resurge thyroiditis disease. I didn't, I wasn't diagnosed with thyroid disease until yeah. a year or two after I was diagnosed with Graves. So I didn't even know about it at the time. Um, but thank goodness I now know that. And I never did it. Um, I'm like, can we just like try medicine? And also like, I'm going to do a bunch of other things just to like keep my symptoms at bay while I kind of figure out the rest of it. Like, I don't need to jump to all these drastic things. Um, but no, it's really important that the two of them are kind of married together. So anyway, to answer your question, And like I said, any and almost every autoimmune disease or chronic illness stems from there being excess inflammation in the body, even hormonal imbalances, um, things like estrogen dominance, PCOS, like PDD, any of those tend to stem from there being an excess amount of inflammation in the body that the body can't get rid of on its own. So nutritionally eating things that are whole, real foods, so fruits and vegetables, lean proteins, healthy fats, the things that we know are healthy and good for us. I'm not saying don't eat a cookie. I don't believe in good and bad foods. I believe all food is neutral. Um, but you know, the quality or the concentration of, you know, the foods that are coming from the ground or from a tree versus the foods that are being processed in a factory, like you kind of have to play like, you know, 80% here, 20% here, whatever makes sense for you. But generally you want your diet to be really rich in color with vibrancy, a lot of antioxidants, a lot of nutrients, a lot of vitamins, minerals, from things that are coming from mother nature herself. Mm -hmm. Sleep is another big one that I really, really push a lot of my patients to like really focus on. It's one that we tend to kind of put off to the back burner. Um, I like to make this joke of like that whole saying of, I don't know who said it originally. I think it's from a song, but like I'll sleep when I'm dead. Like, no, we're, (laughs) we're not doing that. We also need to sleep while we're alive. Um, We need to eight hours. Exactly. Yeah. I can't, I can't function on any less than that. Um, Really, really important that we're paying attention to our sleep. Like that's going to be, I mean, that's when your body is resting and resetting itself. And if you're not giving yourself that time frame to do that, 
you're just like running on, you're going to burn out. You're running on empty fuel. Um, so really important that sleep is also paid attention to the next one being stress management, mindfulness, finding things to really help tame and quiet the mind, moving yourself out of that, like sympathetic nervous system into that parasympathetic nervous system, which is the one that helps you to like rest and digest and be calm and neutral. So again, finding something that like brings you joy and makes you feel really calm and at ease and doing it very often doing it every single day and in whatever way that makes sense for you. But finding something to help really calm the nervous system is really important also. So those are generally like the three big pillars. I tend to go through about 10 different pillars with my clients. Um, and we talk about things from like intimacy to, um, social connection, which we talked about in the beginning as being really important too. But if you can really phone and like focus down on nutrition and sleep and mindfulness, you're already doing more than the average person would probably do. And it's funny that it, I don't understand how sleep gets like completely forgotten right. in, in the conversation about health and wellness. Like, mm -hmm. I wonder, or I don't know if if you if you know, you know, if there or if there is even an answer for this or or observation. But is it because people sometimes just like don't feel tired, and then they're just like, oh no, well then for sure, like I'm okay operating on like four or five hours of sleep because yeah. I don't feel tired. But that just must be ruining your insides totally that and also we as a society operate on like a go 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 do 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 mm -hmm. you know energy we're constantly like we have to finish a to-do list i have to get this done i have to get my work done like i need to be productive and so it's usually sleep and food that fall off to the bottom of the totem pole when that happens people are like i skip lunch i forgot to eat lunch i'm like how do you forget to eat how do you forget to eat lunch like i dream about lunch at breakfast the day before like what are you <laughs> what are we talking about so it's like food becomes one of the things that's kind of like left off and then sleep is like well if I work for two extra hours okay like that makes my sleep you know six hours less or you know two hours less that's fine if I can get two more hours of work done then I'll go to sleep or it's like no you have to sleep on a consistent schedule your body needs that time to reset itself your body has no idea what the difference is between a Tuesday and a Saturday. There's no such thing as catching up on sleep. Like you've got to be really consistent with it. Um, yes, of course, here and there, totally fine. If you go out one night and you sleep late, like by all means, we have to live our lives as well too. But generally speaking, if you can be really consistent with your sleep schedule and try your best to be super consistent, it's going to be really, really beneficial for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I used to get like uh, teased with love, of course, by my friends. And they <laughs> would always say they're like, oh, Amanda, no, uh, she has a curfew. Amanda's got a, a, a curfew, but a, uh, yeah, I guess a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, curfew. yeah, you know, I was uh, I would tell my friends uh, if it's a weeknight, no, anything like right. if, if you even dare ask me to do something past 6 p.m., you're out of your freaking mind. Like, <laughs> I love that because I'm getting ready for bed. Like, you you know, usually anywhere between 839 o'clock, that's wind down time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like I'm usually in bed by 930, 10 yeah. o'clock because like it's, I don't fall asleep immediately either. You know, it's important right. for me to listen to my sleep meditation or do what I got to do. And, you know, and that's how I function. That's how I have the energy that I have every single day, you know, yeah. with, like you said, those eating healthy and making sure, you know, that I'm doing everything that, that is, that is of, uh, so that I can work at my optimal, like, exactly. levels, you know, like, exactly. so, so, so important. Um, yeah. 
as I was going through, um, you know, uh, your website, which is beautiful, by the way, um, (laughs) you know, you mentioned in one of your articles, or maybe it was in your write up about feeling at home in our bodies. I'm curious Mm. to know what that means to you. To me personally, I, I mentioned this earlier. Um, when I was diagnosed with my autoimmune disease and told that my body was attacking itself, it was, it really hit me really hard. I didn't realize it at the time, but years later, when I started to do a lot of, you know, quote unquote, the work, Mm -hmm. um, it was then that I'm like, wow, actually that phrase really did like stab me in the stomach in like a really bad way. Um, and so when you're told something like that, at least in my case, it immediately disconnects you from your body. You immediately are like, my body is doing all these things to me. How can I trust my body to like take care of me if it's going to act and show these kind of symptoms? So my journey more or less was, of course, taming down the symptoms, doing all the things that were diagnostically needed to be done. But then, like I said, in the other second half of my journey was dropping more inward, learning how to trust my body, learning how to like be okay with being on my own, spending time by myself, going on like solo dates, um, doing things that were helping me to really slow my mind down so I could be really aware of my emotions and my mental health and trusting that I was going to be safe and okay. So that's something that I really help my clients through because whether it's a hormonal imbalance or chronic illness or autoimmunity, there's a disassociation between yourself and your body immediately off the bat, because you know that like my body's not doing good. Something is kind of off kilter. It's a little bit unbalanced. And that immunity kind of puts you at like at edge with your body without you really maybe realizing it. So I like to help my clients really slow down the process. It's why I work with clients from like upwards of three months at a time, um, because that journey should be really slow and intentional because it's not something that's going to change overnight. So being really feeling at home in your body is learning how to number one, trust your body, trust that it knows what it's doing. It knows that it, it wants to get better. It wants to help you get better, but that all comes with having those daily practices and routines that help you to feel at home in your body to then learn how to trust it and then be able to take that trust into your day-to-day life and learn how to re-love yourself again. Yeah. I love, I love that because I felt that, you know, this time last year or in Mm -hmm. August of last year is when I started my my journey with my naturopath, which led to my acupuncturist, which led to uh, chiropractor visits. We mentioned earlier some craniosacral therapy, and it even pushed me to go to like therapy therapy. Yeah. (laughs) You know, all these things. So what are some of of the practices that you have regularly um, Mm -hmm. weaved into your lifestyle that are really helping you um, stay healthy, stay happy, stay energized, and and really make sure that you're, um, you know, at your at your most well. I don't want to say most effective, but definitely um, operating on a level where you feel comfortable and balanced and peaceful and like you know, just all around really good. What are some of those practices yeah. that you have? Um, I'll share this in two folds because there's certain things that I like to do that require me to outsource the support, um, be it things that I pay, I pay somebody else to help me with. And then there's things that I do that don't cost me anything that I do for myself, just because I'm sure anyone who's listening to this, they may not be able to afford going to an acupuncturist every week. Like, you know, like you or I would do, or anybody else would do. Um, so there are things that you can still do for yourself that don't require any, any money. So I'll start there. So the things that I kind of do that are quote unquote free, um, like I mentioned, those quiet mornings are really, really important to me. I, I swear to you, if I don't have a quiet morning, I'm like, 
I can't, I don't operate the rest of the day. Well, like I need, even if it's like 30 minutes, I just need 30 minutes of just silence. No one speaks to me. I, I just need that time for myself. Um, but those 30, that quiet morning is really important for me going for my daily walks. That's free. Anybody can like, you know, at least hopefully you can go for a walk in your neighborhood or somewhere nearby, but just getting outside, getting some fresh air. I don't take my phone with me when I go for a walk. I don't listen to anything. I just, I'm with myself. Um, it's my walking meditation every day. So there's that. I want to be better at journaling, but I'm not the best at journaling. But when I feel the need to do it, or when I feel inspired to do it, I do like to journal every so often. I tend to actually do like voice record journaling versus writing down my, my yeah. brain goes faster than my hand moves. So, <laughs> so, so I do like a voice record meditation or if even if I'm out for a walk, I will literally talk to myself. I'll put like, I'll put AirPods in, but I don't actually have my phone with me. And I'll just pretend that I'm talking to somebody on the <laughs> phone, but I'm really talking to myself. I probably look crazy. I probably look insane, but it, it really does help. Um, so there's that there's like talk therapy, which, you know, if you can do it with yourself or with somebody that you trust is super, really, really something that I really love to do. Um, yoga, there's thousands of free videos on YouTube that you can just pull up and do like a 10 minute flow. Um, but I have to do yoga every day, even if it is for just 10 minutes, I I have to do it every day. Um, so there's yoga that's really helpful for me as well. Um, and then of course, like being with people that I really love and being with people that I feel really supported by. Um, I like to schedule in throughout my week, like coffee dates or dinner dates, or, you know, even like a phone call, catch up with a friend while I'm out for a walk. Or if I'm just like middle of the day, I need to like have a conversation that's not work related. Like I'll call a friend and be like, Hey, do you have like 20 minutes? I just want to like, see how you're doing. I mean, even before this, we, you and I jumped on this call today, I called a friend on my drive over and I was like, I have 15 minutes till I get to where I need to be. I just wanted to hear your voice. Like that, that like feeds my soul yeah. and that's like super nurturing for me. Yeah. So there's that. So there's the things that I do that are free. And then the things that I do that I outsource are things like acupuncture, um, acupuncture, cupping, anything related to Chinese medicine in that realm, um, craniosacrotherapy, which I do now I do it more like once every six weeks. I don't go as often as I used to just cause I don't have the physical symptoms anymore. Um, but that's really, really important. I know that you just recently went to a session too. um, therapy, like regular therapy, which has been transformational. I just started doing it this year, which I love. Um, what else do I do? I feel like I do so many things. I will yeah. try anything once. Yeah. Oh my God, me too. Yes. yes. <laughs> and then if I like it, I'll do it more often, but those are chiropractor visits. Like I love to do like body work massages. I get those done every like four to six weeks. Um, so those are all things that I do outsource and pay for, but I, I budget myself. I spent my money goes to like food and like body care stuff. Like that's really where my money goes. Um, but it's really important to me because it helps me feel like my absolute best. It helps me operate at my absolute best. And it helps me to feel really at home in myself. If I don't have any of those things done, I feel very disconnected to myself. It helps me to drop back into my body. So um, those are the things that I like to do. It's a lot of stuff, but it's whatever I need. It's all in my little, like how they say, like your little toolbox. And then whenever I need it, I just open it up. What do I need? Okay. I'm going to go do that. And then I feel like a lot better. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was just telling my, uh, I think it was my mom the other day that I was like, or my father, I was like, literally, I feel like I get paid and then I have no more, no more money. You yeah. know? <laughs> My dad's like, well, where's your money going? You know, and I have spreadsheet upon spreadsheet upon spreadsheet. Yes. And when you look through it, you're like, oh, right. 
I have maxed out my insurance for this business, <laughs> right? So I'm paying out of pocket now. So, you know, those um those acupuncture visits, like and and with the change of season, I usually do three in a row. Um, oh, okay. Or like three like once a week, you know? So that's like I look at this list and I'm just like, you know what? I'm not even mad about this. Totally. This is going to me. Like, what better investment than mm-hmm. we have in ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's, so and that and that so when I think about the term being at home in my body, it's investing in myself, you know. I love it's, that. It's important. It, it's doing the things that like you said that bring you joy and make you feel good. Exactly. Exactly. I like I'd much rather spend, you know, $200 for a massage. I don't think I pay that much, but like two, let's say $200 for a massage versus $200 on clothes because I'm going to remember how good the massage felt. I'm not necessarily going to remember the dress that I bought like two months ago that probably still has the tag on it. I'm literally thinking of a dress in my closet right now that I haven't touched in like four months. But like, that's not making my, that's not necessarily making me feel at home. And I guess I love it. I love dressing my body up and buying clothes that make me feel good. But I'm the massage, the body stuff, that kind of, you know, investment in my body that makes me feel more grounded and at home in my body than spending it on material items in my personal opinion. But I know to each their own to each their own. Exactly. Um, so one of the things before we sign off here and this conversation has just been amazing. I'm so excited to share this with the world. Um, the one thing that I have also started investing in myself in terms of every, every month when I can make it, it is, um, your healing circle with the beautiful Candice. And I would love you to just give us a quick description of what it is and, and how you guys, um, organize it. Yeah. So Candace is a very, very dear friend of mine who we met on Instagram like three years ago because she actually was diagnosed with Graves disease. And she did what I told you earlier, where she like looked up hashtags, found my profile. And then we connected, found out that we both lived in LA. Um, So we just immediately clicked and became really, really close friends. She's a dear sister to me, but she is a breathwork facilitator, breathwork teacher. Um, And her and I had talked about doing healing circles or women's circles for a while, even pre-pandemic, we talked about it and it just never happened. And then when the pandemic happened, I think we were out for a walk, like during the pandemic at one point, and we were talking about it. And she's like, I feel like we should do it. And I'm like, I think we should do it. I think what better time than right now? People need this. Um, so the circle itself, we call it the unfolding. It happens on the full moon of every month. And essentially what it is, it's that every month we have a theme. So depending on the cycle of the moon, whatever sign the moon is in or the energetics of whatever is happening during that month, we come up with a theme for everybody to come together to. We do some journal prompts according to that theme. Um, and then I lead everyone through like a 25 minute, 30 minute yoga practice, depending on whatever the theme is. So if it's a theme that's going to require you to like open your heart up, we might, we might do like chest opening yoga sequence. So 25, 30 minutes of movement. And then I leave you in Shavasana while Candace comes in and leads you through breath work to help pull the emotions out of your body completely out of them. So um, that way, when you leave the circle, you feel, you know, really grounded and back into your body. So it's a really beautiful, uh, we look forward to it every single month. We talk about it all the time, but it's really special to have all these women from all over the place. I mean, Canada, United States all come together to just hold space for each other and to just be vulnerable and to feel really safe and protected and express their emotions and then be led through a movement practice and a breathwork practice 
And then you go to sleep right after. And hopefully you sleep really well those nights because your body is like deeply processing everything that you've kind of just experienced and gave it. Um, but yeah, we host those every single month and uh, it's really special. I think we've already done like seven or six of them already, which is so crazy. I just can't believe how quickly that went by. So um, yeah, we love doing them. And I honestly cannot uh, say enough about it. It's it's amazing. They're incredible. Um, you know, I love the safe space that you ladies have created it's uh it's very special and um after every so because you guys do it a little earlier in la it's a bit later here in montreal and what i tended to do now it's going to be the winter so maybe not so much but what i've tended to do after we are done is i go outside barefoot and I walk in the grass and I just like chill with the moon a little bit. <laughs> just kind of like close my eyes and and process everything. Usually sometimes like I can stand out there for 30 minutes and I won't even recognize or realize that the time has gone by. I and love I that. do sleep like a champ. Oh, so good. I also just realized how late that happens for you. You just told me your bedtime's like nine o'clock. <laughs> Yes, but you know what? It's worth it. Yeah, I love that. Thanks for showing up every month. <laughs> oh, yes, girl. Yes, yes. I, I love it. You know, it, it's the power of sisterhood. It's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's brilliant. And uh, the breath work, which I've been introduced to you, uh, introduced to recently, has been very powerful. Yeah, breath work is incredible. Yeah, so I look forward to talking to Candace about that for yes. sure. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, I I love this topic. I love it's something new for me too. So I'm I feel like a student every time I learn new things. I love that. You know? And so um, to close up um, mm-hmm. today, well, it is the evening when we're recording this for me anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, tell us, so if you had to choose like one theme for this chapter of your life, what would Mm. it be? I was trying to think of a word earlier. Mm. I think the word would be intention or intent. Um, I say that because prior to me doing all this work or prior to this chapter, I don't think I even would have blinked at the word intention or intent because I was moving at such a fast speed all the time that I didn't give myself enough space and time to just be with myself. Um, whereas now anything and everything that I do, be it personal or be it work and professional, I'm really intentional with how I do it and why I'm doing it and when I'm doing it. Um, so I think, yeah, intention or intent would definitely be the theme that I would use to describe this chapter. I love that. I love that so much. It, it, it's a word. It's it's a word for me too recently. Mm. It's probably January since I like joined Clubhouse. It was a big yes. Thanks. <laughs> love that. Um, and so please tell us where we can find you on all the yes. socials. Where can we find you? You got it. So social media. You can find me on Instagram, on TikTok at Unspoken Nutrition. My website is unspokennutrition.com. If you want to explore working with me one-on-one, I also have a membership program um, for $16 a month. We do like a monthly theme where we have guest speakers come in. Um, You get recipes every month. So it's a pretty, um, you know, easy investment for a lot of bang for your buck rather. And then I'm working right now. I haven't like officially announced this anywhere, but like I'm working on a hormone balancing course right now for spring of 2022. That'll be released. I don't have an official title for it yet. Um, but it's going to be very, very robust and I'm really excited to um, have that released. So, um, your listeners will definitely get a discount for that. Uh, I'll give you a code for that. And, um, and then of course we have the healing circles that we talked about as well too. And I'll give you the discount code for that too. If you want to leave that in the show notes for any of your listeners. 
Absolutely. And I'm going to link your Instagram as well as your website. Everything is going to be there. So you guys, you heard it here first, a very exciting program coming your way. And that's that's important too. We could, we could probably do a whole episode on hormones. We could, we really could. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Well, listen, thank you so much again for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. And uh, I definitely look forward to our, our, hopefully I can, I, when is the full moon this month? It is the 20th, I think. I think it's next week. Oh, wow. It's right around the corner. Yeah. I just realized that right now. I think it's next okay. week. Yeah. Right around I the think corner. So. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully be able to make it. And uh, for anyone listening, uh, like we said, you can you can join us as well. It's on Zoom from the comfort of your own home. I always have some incense burning. Um, oh. You know, my crystals are chilling with me. And it's <laughs> a beautiful process. So Nias, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being on. Oh, thank podcast. you. Thank you for having me. My <laughs> pleasure. And as a gentle reminder to all listeners today and every day stay humble friends and we will see you in the next episode bye